extraordinary. Exotic and exciting. Infamous for its vice and depravity. Come then, and revel in the carnival-like proceedings. WFOD begins now. the dub fod my name is mike i am joined by my good friend mr drunkard stl on the twitters hello guys and guys uh, the king of pranks the albino alligator uh, popcorn bitch coach t jaguar impressive the man of spice the duke of denim mr travis hulse is here everyone travis hulse hey boys hey boys pleasure to be back the phone number to contact the show is 636-487-HAND-OR-WFOD-SHOW on Skype. And Travis, yeah. do we have a treat for the people? Coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to filmmaker Emery Emery. Uh, he has a new movie out. Travis, I watched it today. It's great. Liked it. It's called uh, Science Friction. It's about how everybody's full of shit. Uh, yeah. Sounds like our kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. <laughs> and drunk. I don't know if you know this about yeah, me. Call out the naysayers, man. Uh, but I love music lawsuits. They're like my favorite thing in the whole fucking really? world, drunk. I love music lawsuits. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Uh, but there's not always music lawsuits. It doesn't happen like every week. They're pretty close. And so I, I like to just come up with my own. Okay. Uh, and there is a new Harry Styles song. By the way, Travis, that, that... So this isn't an actual lawsuit, but you think it should be? Yeah, yeah, I'm just suggesting it, throwing it out there. Okay. What was he in? Was he in a One Direction, or was he in something else? Yeah, that's the 1D. Yeah, he was a One Direction, Travis. He's a pretty man. Okay. The, he is the hairy stuff. He's British. But you, you know what I notice is he has, like, a bunch of just, like, tattoos that don't have any, like, anything to do with one another he just like finds uh he's like there's a, nothing wrong with that he's got like a bathroom wall thing going on you know what i mean it's fun yeah yeah it's fun sure i maybe mean, you like point to your your nipple and say hey got a shark here yeah. hey point to your ass cheek and say hey, i got a little goose or, you know like a goomba yeah yeah so it's like he's it's like he's decorating his house uh with things he bought at goodwill tchotchkes yeah he's got a, he's yeah. got himself a lot of tchotchkes travis Anyway, he has. I, a, I believe they call that flair. It's a lot of flair. He has a new song out, Travis, uh, and, and it has like a like a fun little keyboard ditty. It, it does this. <laughs> it's kind of cute, right? 
Sure. Travis, is it close enough? Is it close enough? Yeah, let me hear the first one. Oh, yeah, we need to hear the first one again. You want to hear the first one again? No. Now, on the ones that you've heard, like, some of them are, are like, not as close as that, right? I mean, even, even the ones that have won, I feel, That's aren't true. as close yeah. as that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you can't that. really make a rhyme or reason of them. Uh, some, somebody was nice enough to put them both together. You want to hear them both together? Of course. Now that sounds like a good mix. They don't really I like that remix. Things, That's know? a good remix of the original. Uh, but uh, you, you don't think they got a case? You don't think they can win that one? I don't know. I don't hear it. Uh, I, I already I got really one in the hopper for next week, Travis. You're going to love the one next week. Oh, boy. Um, I, can't, I can't wait. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I turned on, uh, what was it? I think it was Shade 45 this weekend. We were, we did a lot of traveling. We were on the road a lot. Um, my son had a, a, a soccer tournament, which was like an hour and a half away. So uh, three hours round trip on Saturday, three hours round trip on Sunday. So I, I listened to a lot of the radio. And... Uh, what came on, God, it must, yeah, Shade 45 or, or Rock the Bells. Either way, it doesn't matter. So it popped up, and I'm like, I skipped past it, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that was Dre's beat for uh, Snoop's Lay Low song. And I was like, oh, I backed up into that. And it was like a random rapper that I was like, I didn't, I'm like, God, this doesn't sound like a verse from this song. But I listened to it all the way to the end. They just used Dre's beat from Snoop's Lay Low song. Sampled. Yeah, I don't think the like rules apply just, in rap, Travis. I don't know why. But, I can't tell right. you why, but I think that they don't. But they just did the whole thing was just that beat through the whole <laughs> thing, and they rapped over it the entire time. It wasn't like sampling where they like kind of used it in a different mix or used just like a part of it. It was literally the entire lay low beat played all the way through while somebody rapped over it. And I'm like... You know, pop, rock, country, all of these things have music lawsuits, but rap, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't apply to rap. That's why you I, just I, you just gotta make the case that everything is rap, Travis. I think it just goes back to the fact that, you know, rappers still just want you to listen to their shit. So no matter how sure. you find them, well yep. now you're and listening you to their happen, shit. Yep. If you happen to hear a beat that you know and uh uh, it's got a new person rapping over it. I guess it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, I, I believe the entire music industry should uh, look at their music uh, the same way and just feel like uh, pride that it was so good that somebody decided to uh, to, to, to clip a little. Hey, drunk, let me ask you a question. Sure. We, we had an incident at my job the other day, and it got me to thinking. Okay. Have you ever punched a wall? No. Never punched a wall? No. Apparently, it's a pretty common my... thing. I put my fist through a wall when I in my bedroom when I was in second grade uh, because I was having a hard time playing Joust uh, on NES. Was that your only time when you were a, a boy? When I was a very young person, I saw somebody try to punch a wall and they got the stud. Oh, so ooh, ouch! Yeah. Well, I mean, it, like, it, it'll hurt like, anyway, won't it? It, it hurts. That's well, if you hit the stud and you hit it hard enough, that's broken. No, you put your fist, you put your fist through drywall. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, uh, but it might hurt if you hit the stud. Yeah, see, see that. I think that's why I don't punch people because I might hurt my hand. Yeah. Oh, it does. That hurts. Or they might hit me back, and that would hurt. That's you got, worse. You definitely gotta fill your hand with a lighter. A lighter? Yeah. Will it? Will it? Will it explode? 
No, well, no, it keeps your hand. Oh. Yep. You lighter a roll of quarters. Oh, no. yeah. Does it, so if you just give, punch, it gives you weight? You punch a normal person, you know, your fucking hand goes in. Do you got to just keep some change on you, Travis? Is that the key? Yeah, you got a roll of change. Keep a roll of quarters on you at all times. And if if the cops search you and they say, hey, why you got this? You just tell them you're going to the arcade. Yeah. I, yep. My, That's the thing is you, you keep it in your pocket for self-defense. But if you want to be cool with a bunch of 1980s nine-year-olds in the arcade, <laughs> uh, you're covered either way. You need to make a phone call. You never know when you need to make that phone call, Mike. Uh, like Travis, I've been looking. I've been looking for a payphone for ten years, officer. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, this is an older story, but it just recently came across my radar, and I loved it. Uh, I, I have a clip for you. I'm curious what you think about this. I don't think we covered this. I don't know how it got past us. But this is actually this is from 2017. This isn't new. Oh, uh, but I love it. A suspect in an interrogation told detectives to just give me a lawyer, dog. Anyone with half a brain understands he's saying, give me a lawyer, not a dog that's a lawyer. But that's exactly how the Louisiana Supreme Court ruled. They said the suspect was in fact asking for a lawyer dog and not invoking his right to counsel. What? Great, right? Hot. <laughs> I want you know, to see that. I want to see that Law and Order episode. Give me a lawyer, dog. <laughs> I just no, I loved it so much. Understand. I want a dog who is also a lawyer. I don't know why that's invalid as a request. Like I, I mean, like even if you were requesting a lawyer dog, you're still requesting a lawyer, right? I mean, they can't hey, keep asking goes, you that, questions. That, it's that against goes rules. Back to like the 1960s with the you know it was I think it was the third sequel to the Shaggy Dog called <laughs> the Shaggy DA. <laughs> that's not real, is it? It's it's a hundred percent an actual movie. The Shaggy, the Shaggy DA? DA. Yeah. What does the Shaggy I, I, DA I, I, do? Does he win? To be honest, I don't remember if it was from the original batch in the sixties or if it was from the remake batch in the nineteen eighties. But uh, the Shaggy D- DA is a hundred percent a real movie. Okay, so if you go to jail, Travis, and yeah. you say hypothetically, hypothetically, I want a gorilla to be my lawyer. Like you're still requesting a lawyer, right? I mean, whether right. you say I want Edwin Seamus to be my lawyer or I want a dog to be my lawyer, you're still saying I want a lawyer. So that's still a request for a lawyer. Even if it's right. a stupid not, request, it's still a request. So, yeah, you're not declining representation. Would you rather have a dog lawyer or a cat lawyer? Oh, I think I'd rather have a cat as a lawyer. I, I, a dog would be more loyal. But the cat will get you what you need. The cats are pricks. Yeah, they'll, they'll fight for you. They'll find that mouse and they will bring it back to you. Yeah. No, uh, Travis. So, dog lawyer or cat lawyer? What do you think? Well, yeah, I think you guys kind of covered it. I think a cat would be more vicious, but I think a dog would, you know, try harder for you. Um, a, a dog yeah. would bring passion. Right. A, a, a dog would uh, would give it his all. I mean, he's dumb. I feel like what Marsha Clark was probably a, a cat lawyer, right? But I don't even think there was a dog lawyer in that trial. Yeah, David Schumer was Kardashian. Yeah, he's he's dog. I think he let OJ fuck his wife. Oh, he's dead. that's a total oh, dog. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OJ is Kim Kardashian's dad. No, uh, <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> Courtney. Oh, Court- allegedly, allegedly. Courtney, hey, Courtney Kardashian. Travis, I got another one for you. A good friend of the show, uh, Adam Conover. He had a good uh, 
series on Twitter the other day. And uh, I, I don't know if I've experienced, I, I think that we need to engage the dub FUD army on this and, and just okay. like do the experiment this week. Uh, just like, Okay, I'll, I'll play it for you here. I got a couple. Yeah, my entire see, life, every time I have stepped into a Barnes and Noble or other large bookstore, I have immediately had to poop. We're talking butt cramps. I got a race to the bathroom poop unless I leave the Barnes and Noble, and then the feeling goes away. <clears throat> I, I don't know where the saying. nearest Barnes and Noble is, but yeah, Barnes and Noble. It's a bookstore. I understand, but where <laughs> Barnes and Noble? <laughs> Barnes and Noble. They they have books and magazines. Thanks. Where's the closest uh, one? Uh, Mid Rivers. I feel like. Real quick, before we continue with it, I feel like maybe we have to investigate whether or not Adam Conover is stopping off at the Barnes and Noble coffee shop uh, before he starts. Right. To yeah, there the is books. coffee at most of them. Uh, and coffee does make you put coffee makes me shit my brains out, Travis. Oh, me too. I like it. If, if I need a cleanse, it's coffee time. Now, I never knew why this was happening or if other people experienced it until I finally searched for why do I have to poop every time I enter a bookstore? And I learned about the Mariko Aoki phenomenon. It's a phenomenon, Travis. A lot of people experience this when they go to bookstores. They have to poop. The Mariko like Aoki phenomenon, phenomenon is a Japanese expression referring to an urge to defecate that is suddenly felt after entering bookstores. It's named after a woman who wrote a letter to a Japanese magazine saying that whenever I go to a bookstore, I am struck by an urge to move my bowels. And it caused a firestorm with thousands of people writing in to say they experienced the very same thing. Now, I have shit in bookstores before. I know I have. But I don't know if the bookstore caused me to have to shit because just sometimes I have to shit. A lot of times you probably went to that bookstore after you probably had a meal, right? Like after lunch. Sure. Yeah. Like you go get some chilies mm -hmm. and then it's like, oh, okay, there's a books a million over here. I'll, I'll run in. I mean, what are, we, what are we going to the bookstore for? Books. You know, the books, bro. biggest, cheapest place to get a book is online, right? Yeah. But you know what's best is browsing a bookstore and then ordering it from amazon on your phone <laughs> <laughs> uh, travis I, I used to do that with a lot of things I, I i did that with a blockbuster video you know you go to blockbuster mm -hmm. video and you walk around and you look at all the the cases and you're like "Ooh, i might want to buy this one and then you go somewhere to buy it yep yeah 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 okay i got one more clip to this day, we still do not know what is causing the phenomenon. We only know that thousands and thousands of people like me claim to experience it. Just go to a bookstore and browse and let us know if you feel anything in your in your gut. How many of our listeners do you think live within 100 miles of a fucking bookstore? All of them. No way. Within a hundred miles no of a way. bookstore, drunk. A no hundred miles is a lot. I'd give. I mean, I would. I'd back you if you said like 30, 40 miles. Charles, what the fuck is he talking about? There's bookstores all over the place. No, there's not. No, there is not a bookstore within forty miles of me. That that can't be true. It, I don't absolutely it is true. Hundred percent. Don't true. believe. Do you know how many bookstores Amazon has taken out? Lots, Almost lots, all of them, but not all of them. Uh, we used to have about. a book world in town, and that went out of business so probably five years ago already. The, the only bookstores are in the fucking airport. And by the way, you got to get through security and have a ticket for one of those. So. I think the closest bookstore that I can think of, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's one closer than that, but it, there's not one in the the surrounding area. I know that for sure. But uh, there's a lot of half price books in like more uh, more metropolitan areas. I, I like to. 
I like to go through a half price books. Yeah, that's a bookstore. Yeah, but there's not one around here. Like I have to drive at what, least what an a hour. Comic book store. So how many miles away is the college town? That's probably your nearest bookstore. Oh, there's a college bookstore, but I mean, I'm talking like a regular bookstore. No, you know, not like a bookstore on campus. Like, right. there's no bookstore. There's no bookstore in the college town that is 20 minutes from me. Uh, Travis, you go to comic book stores. Do the comic book stores make you have to poop? Are comic book oh, conventions? No, never. I never. Nope. You, never. You, you're around a bunch of books. It doesn't make you there have are to lots defecate. Of books. No, never, never, uh, you know, and I've been in plenty of Barnes and Nobles and half price books and things like that. I've never, then, then again, like I, I don't go number two in public. It just, uh, I poop two places. But, but you still get the urge in public though, right? Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I poop at my house. I poop at work. And then if we're out of town, I'll poop in a motel room, but that's it. Do you bring your own toilet paper on vacation? Uh no, I'll use the shit that they got there. Oh, uh, see, I got I got sensitive to tushy. I got I bring my own toilet paper. Drunk, you know what I, I purchased? I purchased the uh, the single wipe packs of uh, Dude Wipes Cool Mint. Single single use? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, does one... it feel like you shoved an Altoid up your ass? Uh, no, it's fine. But what I what I do, Travis, is, is does, I does I, it... I do my normal wiping with the the terrible work toilet paper. But then I yep. just have like that one last one to you know uh, just check and make sure. Does it? Um, Do you keep that in your desk drawer or something? No, I, I bring I bring a bag into work with me, you know, with with my phone chargers and whatnot, and my, my ear yeah. earbuds, and sometimes my laptop if I have uh, show stuff to work on. Um, oh, I see. So you got like a man bag, and you just keep all of your supplies in there. Yeah, and, and then if I'm to... going to take a dump, I just uh, grab one out of my bag and throw it in my pocket real quick. I don't take my bag. You like the dude wipes better than just a regular. You put a wet ass wipe in your pocket? No, it's in like its own little package. It's like single use package. It's like a condom. I see. But it has a wipe in it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Do you do you like those? You know, because I've been thinking about trying the dude wipes. Do you do you like the dude wipes uh, better or the same as other uh, flushable wipes? Well, these cool mint ones, Travis, they give you like a nice little sensation. Do they do they bring back my hungry butt? No, I only use like one well, that's good. at the end just to make sure. So it's not oh, like yeah, that's when you were having issues before. Were you just strictly? Using yeah, I was wipes? exclusive wipes. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, I don't now. I just have one as like a like a like a last line of defense, you, you know, know just you at need. the end. A bidet. The palate cleanser. You need a bidet. I have a bidet at my house. Yeah. Yeah, I have one. Works great, doesn't it's it? It's great. Sometimes I don't even wipe after. You just you just dab. I no, I just I just I just have a wet ass and I just am fine with that. And then I just go sit down somewhere. Pulls his underwear up and the right. underwear <laughs> absorbs the wetness and then it dries out. It's kind of fun. It, it makes me feel like I'm I'm you know living my life. Um, do you ever do you ever press the button uh, while you're not sitting on the can for your dog so they can like use a water fountain? No, I've never done that. Uh, That'd be fun. That'd be a fun thing for you to do. Charles, we need to engage the, the the listeners, and we just need to if they have a book. I guess we'll we'll clarify since you guys seem to think there isn't bookstores anymore. <laughs> just go to a bookstore and browse for a while. We're not telling you to buy anything. Just walk around for a bit. 
Like take a couple books off the shelf and flip through them. Uh, you know, maybe maybe read a chapter of Eat, Pray, Love. <clears throat> Tweet us with the hashtag uh, closest bookstore. Right. And hey, just- listen, listen to me real quick, because at the end of the show, I'm going to give you a recommendation for a book, which is my uh, there'll be no spoilers. My pick of the week. Um, head to your local bookstore and pick up uh, the book that I recommend at the end of the show. Um, and then, yeah, let us know whether or not uh, you immediately feel like you have to number two. So those people that that said that uh, give me a lawyer dog doesn't count, they're bad people, right? They just wanted to get that guy. Oh, of yeah. course. I I think that 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 guy he should uh he should appeal, Travis. He should get his lawyer dog to file an appeal for him. I I don't know what happened with him. I I think it was a meme, Travis. It was just it was on my feed, and I was like, oh, this is funny. And then I investigated, and I was like, oh, this is from 2017. Ah, fuck it, we'll do it anyway, right? Yeah, I wonder what happened to that guy. I mean, it's five years later. Is he free and clear, or is he sitting in the pen? Travis, what dog do you think would be uh, the best at passing the bar? (laughs) Great name. That's you know what? That's what I thought too. I pictured like a like a stoic. Kind of muscular, tall, thin, like a Scooby Doo. You know, yep. is Scooby Doo a Great Dane? He is. Yeah, I never thought of him to be that. Yep, uh, a Great <clears throat> Dane. They have like a sad eyes, kind of. What do you reckon Snoopy is? He's a beagle. Uh, Snoopy's a beagle. Is he really he's a beagle? Yeah, he's a beagle. Can't be having no beagles. Those fucking dogs. <laughs> Loud ass motherfucking barking dogs. You, you know those uh those those snow the the dogs that pull the snow sleds, Travis. Huskies. Huskies. I like I like the videos on uh, Instagram of them just screaming, like they just scream. <laughs> and, and like I like watching videos of it, but like if I lived <clears throat> with it, it would probably be terrifying. Uh, oh, of course. I, you'd probably think it was funny, like sometimes, but not very often. Most of the times, you would probably be really annoyed by it. I'll randomly have my Alexa play sounds of do- dogs howling, just to get Shiloh to start howling because I think it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, what we're gonna do? We're, Tell me. We're gonna take a break, and uh, we're gonna regroup. And when we come back, we are going to talk to uh, Emery Emery. Uh, he is a filmmaker. He's a comedian. Travis, I think that it's going to be fun because uh, this Emery Emery is an interesting guy. And I liked his movie. It's good. So, guys, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick around. Alexa, define the word skeptic. <laughs> Simple and free, a feeling fun, just you and me and a happy song. The next thing he said was, all right, Ken, tell you what, you can be on the show, say whatever you want, but we'll give you cover. I said, what do you mean? We'll edit it so that it makes it sound like you're kind of a fence sitter. And so there, you, you know, you have plausible deniability. You can tell your colleagues you didn't say exactly what we made it out to be in this show. And I said, dude, you sound like a nice guy. I know you've got a job to do, but we're done talking. Hey, 
And now, another wheelbarrow full of dicks phone scam with the king of pranks, Travis Holt. Hi there. Um, I wanted to come down for lunch with my adult son, um, and he was mentioning the fact that it was October. I was just wondering if you had that black hamburger back this year. The who hamburger? The black one with the black bun. Uh, no, no, not yet. No, is it I don't think we got them yet. I know they're going to be doing some. Oh, it is coming back, though? Uh, I know they got some new sandwich coming. Let me see. They got, uh, I can tell you which one. They got, uh, Homestown, Cheeseburger coming back, and they got, uh, the Bacon King coming back. Ooh, I like that Double one. Double meat, man, I don't know, man. It's, hey, there's something that think this should be starting next week. Oh, great. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I'll probably see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Yes, yes, sir. Once again, WFOD. Wheelbarrow full of dicks. Welcome back. Our guest tonight is a comedian and filmmaker. His latest project is a documentary called Science Friction, available now on Tubi or Amazon Prime. For more information, check out sciencefriction.com. As Emery Emery is on the program. Emery, I watched your movie today. Your movie's great. Well, thanks for watching it. Uh, um, I'm glad someone is. Uh, what, what was your favorite story? In the movie, guys, what, which which story did you were you pissed off the most about, or did you like seeing the most? What was it? Uh, I I liked the the Richard Dawkins stuff because it was like uh, uh they they made Richard Dawkins kind of say, oh yeah, I might be a god. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh no no the aliens made us aliens made us. Uh, you know, and he's one of the guys that knows this happens every day. Yeah, and. He can still get sucked in occasionally. Which, uh, can we say sucked in? Or more? I don't even know what we're talking on here. Yeah, right. well, as much as much as, as Richard Dawkins is interviewed, though, right? Like by by people who <laughs> share his viewpoint or don't share his viewpoint, he's got to know that people are going to edit the hell out of him out of context just to try to get some sort of clickbait soundbite. Yeah, he works pretty hard at not getting caught by the worst of the worst, and I think he's done a pretty good job overall over his career. Uh, Emery, for people who don't know, can you give them the elevator pitch for the movie? Like well, the, the the movie's called Science Friction. It's about uh like a uh, people uh, ancient aliens and a bunch of TV shows uh taken 
scientists out of context, right? Every amazing phenomenon you know, you only believe because producers have lied to you forever. There's your elevator pitch. We interview the scientists who study these things, and we get them to explain exactly how they were maligned, their knowledge and their, and their information was maligned, and, and how their edit was abused in order to make them appear to say and think things they didn't say and think. There's your elevator pitch. Now, uh, floor seven. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a good chunk of our media anymore, right, Mike? Like, I feel like if anything that was is going to get the attention or or fit their narrative, it's either going to be edited down to fit the narrative that they want to show, or it's going to be what soundbite or clickbait headline can we get? I don't know why they aren't interviewing the flat earthers and then making it sound like they believe in globes. Now, that's funny, right? Do that with your dishonest editing and your baloney and your BS. Make those guys look like idiots because they are. That would be amazing is to flip the script like that and like have flat earthers be, well, uh, maybe it's a beach ball. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I think that it would be fun just to actually make a whole documentary of taking people completely out of context and then at the end say, okay, this is what we did. Uh, kind of, kind of like do yeah. like a pendulette, like at the end of it, say, okay, this is this is how we made this magic trick. Uh, it was all yeah. bullshit, I and you probably a, thought it was real. Uh, when I when I started editing the film, I did put a couple of timelines together of people that we made say absurdly inaccurate things, <laughs> but it looked amazing. Uh, and we, we we really, I just decided it didn't fit in the in the arc that we were building. It didn't. It just didn't make sense to do that. We really wanted every single frame of that movie to be as 100% honest as it could for obvious and philosophical reasons. Well, Emery, that's for the deleted scenes, right? Like, you you remember when, you know, obviously it's different because this is a narrative. Like, when they made Anchorman, you know, which was a completely different movie than what they envisioned, they put out a a, a motion picture called, what is it, Wake Up Ron Burgundy, which was like the original shooting script with what, you know, this weird-ass cat burglar mystery or whatever like do you ever think about you know after this movie's done like editing together those things and and creating a a wholly separate movie where it is all just like nonsense bullshit (laughs) i haven't really thought about doing that because you know when you work for three years on a project boy are you ready to do something everybody wanted me to do everybody's like (laughs) when's aristocrats 2 coming i'm like in my bedroom other than that i ain't doing it again emory there was a point in the movie, it was probably about 40 minutes in where I'm watching all these scientists who are rightfully pissed off that uh, they're, they're kind of made to look like silly gooses. And I, what I'm thinking to myself is, well, if these guys just want somebody to say what they want them to say, why don't they just hire actors? And right when yeah. I thought that, the movie switched there you go. to... <laughs> Somebody who hired an actor and then CNN found out it was an actor and uh, yeah, mermaids. Oh yeah, the mermaids. That whole mermaids. <laughs> that whole mermaids. That whole mermaids film was absolutely one hundred percent just manufactured fiction, and they fully just made you believe that you were watching scientists when who was talking were IMDb present actors that you could easily go look up, and they just they don't care. It's it's. 
it's much how the how our politics are run, right? Right. You just say what you want to say. People hear that. People tell all their friends that the that the politician said this, and then nobody cares. Nobody listens to the cleanup. Nobody says, "Well, by the way, that wasn't true." What that guy said. That that, that that's that that that's the world. We are in a post-truth apocalyptic place right now. It's awful. Well, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Oz, he's going to be a senator, isn't he? I mean, he's going to win, right? Because we, we know Dr. Oz. What is, the, what is the, what, what is, what Dr. Oz, the, the, the sentence that comes to mind when you hear Oz is, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> right. It, it could never have been more accurate than there. Sure. Dr. Oz is a charlatan. He is a current day. He's a present day guy who pulls into your town with a with a, a coach, opens up the back and says, "Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to sell you this elixir." That's who that guy is. Yeah, but Emery, he's, he's, he's going to win. Oz, Emery, you he's, are buying elixirs. What? Yeah, he's, well, that's the thing. He's going like, to win. <laughs> he's been proven to be a modern yeah. day snake oil salesman, like time and time again, yeah. where like this, everything that's on his show is bullshit, but the network didn't pull the show. So all of these bored housewives in the afternoon are like telling all of their friends, this thing they saw on Dr. Oz. And now he's the authority on this thing. Like that, that, that seems to be pretty present in our society across the board. Like you said, in politics and nobody wants the follow up anyway. It's just the, it's the initial thing. That's the truth. And anything that comes out afterwards, nobody cares about. Well, welcome to capitalism. I mean, that's what these networks care about is money. Eyes on the screen. They don't care about truth. They don't care about facts. They just don't care. Well, and what's awful is they could be telling really cool, great, amazing, impressive stories and telling the truth and get eyes on the screen. But they're just lazy. They're just lazy, guys. They just don't want to do any real work. Does it make you your heart happy like it made my heart happy when CNN Plus failed within three weeks? Like they were trying to create like a, a streaming news service when uh, obviously our 24-hour cable news is most of the problem because they're trying to get eyes on the prize uh, and, and sell a bunch of uh, uh, Sky Rizzy. Um, but then they tried to put out a, a streaming service and people like were like, what could I possibly get? from this new streaming service, right? Like I was very happy when that just totally tanked. Yeah. I, I was quite happy about it. I, I don't, I, I don't like seeing whether it's right wing or left wing. I don't like seeing biased news. And the last thing we need is biased news that we are consuming in the same way that we consume TikTok videos. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, all of this attention to making sure that all the, the social media sites and stuff don't publish fake news and, you know, all the, the uh, cable news doesn't do fake news. Do you think that at this point, nobody, I, I mean, like, you know, the, the regular person, do you think they just don't care that the news is fake? Like, do we just want to watch Johnny Depp and Amber Heard tear each other to pieces? Yeah. And it doesn't actually matter if the news is real or not. You know, we, we just want something yeah, to I watch. I don't think people think critically. And that's the problem, right? I don't think people are thinking that they're not watching honest news. I think that they're just watching news. Yeah. And there's a whole gradation of different kinds of attitudes toward it across the, across the populace. Some people 
uh, know that a small percentage of people know that they're seeing biases right and left. A small, a very tiny fraction of our society will actually go look up who has the worst disinformation and who, who isn't leaning that hard into disinformation and misinformation. Most people don't think about it, man. I think most people just want to sit on their couch and be told what to think. Right. And that's, it's that simple and that tragic and that awful. I, I try not to consume uh, like mass media news, right? Like I, I try to look a little bit deeper into the stories and things like, uh, is it better to just ignore it all or is it better to pick a team? Well, I think it depends on, you know, what you want out of life, right? I right. watched the news pretty religiously when Trump took over our country sure. um, because I needed to know whether or not I needed to get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, when, when he was dethroned, then I was done watching news altogether. And I get my news through comedy, through humor. Sure. I watch, uh, I get news information in snippets. And then if I want to know more about it, I'll just go look something up and read it online. Right. And I know which sources are less biased than the others. And I can read a, I can read a source from the right and from the left. And I can figure out, usually figure out what the theoretical, the probable truth is by looking at both sides of a, a of a topic. But, uh, right. Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't. I, I the the only news really I'm consuming at the moment is um, is Putin getting his ass handed to him. That's all I want to go <laughs> see if it's happening. Yeah, yep, I completely agree. And I know I think one of the favorite things that I said when Biden got uh, elected is I'm so happy that there's a president that I can ignore again. <laughs> That's exactly you. You're, Ditto, my friend. I literally said it's nice to not have to worry about what the president's saying. That's yeah. how I thought. <laughs> yeah. uh, Emery, not to completely change the subject, but I'm going to completely change the subject. Can you, you tell the, the pretending to be in a wheelchair story? Well, a buddy of mine um, was a uh, uh, kind of a, 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 can I say dumbass on your show? Yeah, uh, dumbass. And. <laughs> And, and, and he, he, he made claims that were just astronomically stupid. And I knew that if I was able to convince him that I had been in a horrible crash and that I was wheelchair bound and in a hospital and then wheelchair bound, I knew that he would make claims that I could prove were fundamentally faulty and, and, and just nonsense. And sure enough, while I was in the hospital, just a few days after it was announced that I was in a horrible crash, I got on the phone with him and I told him that I was recovering fine. And he told me that he had had an out of body experience and he floated across the country from the Midwest and he was hovering over my broken body that was in traction in the hospital. And that he, he was just crying while he told me how horrible it was to see me in such a horrible state. And I'm just sitting, you know, in my underwear on my couch going, yeah, thanks buddy. I appreciate your support. Didn't you do like a stand up set? where you were in a wheelchair and then at the end you stood up? I pretended to be in a wheelchair for, for, for two years. I had hoped <laughs> to kind of uh, bring it to an end in one year. Uh, but I got tied up cutting the aristocrats, spending a whole bunch of time at home working on that film, and I didn't have time to, to, to go out and do a set and, and reveal it as I wanted. But then 
something happened which was really bizarre. I don't know who's writing my my life story, but boy, that this was bizarre. I got a call out of nowhere. Would you like to come do a fundraiser at this big theater in Kansas City? We got A. Whitney Brown from SNL. No one knows who that is these days, but we got A. Whitney Brown from SNL and a bunch of comics you know are going to be there. We'd like you to close the first half of the show and we'll have a Whitney close the second half and it's a fundraiser for the Democrats. Will you do it? And I said, yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't want to go do any gigs in the wheelchair where I was paid. I felt like that was immoral. So I, I accepted <laughs> the gig and then I realized my girlfriend goes, this falls on the exact day you announced that you were in a wheelchair. This is two to the two years, two years to the day this date falls and I couldn't believe it. It was weird, but I flew out to Kansas city, you know, in my wheelchair and I got to the theater, the uptown, I believe we were in and we were all in a green room for about four or five hours prior to the show, all hanging out, comics talking, a Whitney Brown holding court. Hey, Whitney Brown's a psycho. And <laughs> everybody who would say anything whatsoever that a Whitney Brown could find fault with, he would just attack them ruthlessly Apparently, that's what happens when you fill your veins with heroin. And he would just attack these people. Everybody, you don't know what the heck you're talking about, you idiot. But when he got to the guy in the wheelchair, whenever I made a statement, he'd be like, uh, you know, you, you might want to think about it from this perspective. I mean, he was so soft kid handling me. It was weird. It was sick. It was, it was kind of gross. Anyway, we do the show. I finish my set. My, my final speech to the audience after doing about a 35, 40 minute set, I said, ladies and gentlemen, listen, we're raising money for the, uh, for the Democrats here. And, and we all kind of know how you're all going to vote, but I don't care whether you're voting for someone who's a Democrat or a Republican or in the Green Party. Here's how it works. They're all liars. And it's easy to fool you, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to just sit back after casting your vote. You want to hold your your representatives to their word. And when they lie to you and they don't do the work that they promised they would do, you want to stand up and you want to tell those people, get out of that chair, we're putting someone else in it, and you vote again. You vote out the liars, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let yourself be fooled. You can be looking at something right in front of you and not realize you're being lied to. Thank you. Good night. And they start applauding and I stand up. There was an audible gasp. There was an audible gasp. If I was wearing a tie, it would have gone off my shirt and waved toward them. And then they got it. They, they, they couldn't believe I had done it to them. They all stopped for a brief moment. And then the applause was triple what it was prior and they started standing. They got the point. They understood the message. I made this message out of the wheelchair thing, and I made it work. And I, got, I walked off stage, and I walked into the green room, and A. Whitney Brown literally spit in my face <laughs> and said what I was doing was vile and offensive, and I should never, ever be allowed to grace a stage again after spitting in my face. <laughs> That's that's some Andy Kaufman level dedication to a bit that yeah, took you two years before you finally revealed. You can't say he ain't dedicated, yeah. Travis. <laughs> I, I, cer I certainly appreciate the comparison. I, I don't know that it's apt. I, I, Andy Kaufman was way, way, way beyond 
virtually all of us. Uh, but uh, I, I, I didn't mean to drag it out for two years. Um, I, I really had planned on doing it in a year, and I just got tied up. But uh, it was it was fun, you know. <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to me while being in a wheelchair was flying to a gig once that I was doing during that process in the first within the first three or four months of it, and I was flying somewhere and. I got stuck on the plane because uh, American Airlines had not made proper arrangements for someone to bring an aisle wheelchair down to get me out of the back of the plane. So I sat on that plane on the tarmac with no one in it and people cleaning it up around me for a solid hour before they finally got the uh, the aisle chair to get me down to the gate where I could get in my <laughs> really kick-ass, cool, top-of-the-line wheelchair. At any point in that hour, Emery, were you thinking, man... I just need to tell him. Well, no. At one point, I said, "I said to the lady, I go, you know, I can just crawl down to the gate if you want me to." She said, "Please don't do that. Please don't do that." All right, I, I won't crawl to the gate. Since you were the director of the Aristocrats, um, and we have, you know, recently lost. I was uh, the editor, Gilbert. by the way, Gil- not the director. Okay, sorry about the that. The director, I was the editor. No worries. That's right, the editor. Um, did you have interactions with Gilbert Godfrey during the making of that movie? We, you know, we recently lost him, and you know, we had spoken a handful of years ago to the director of the the documentary uh, uh, of Gilbert. Um, you have any? Yeah. You have any stories? You have any interactions with him that you could share? Gilbert did a couple things for me. Um, uh, I knew Gilbert. He was a friend, and if. if if I asked Gilbert to, to do a favor, he would always do it as long as I offered him a free dinner. And <laughs> he, uh, he did a couple different things for me, but the most recent thing that Gilbert did for me was he voiced the final sound that you hear when you watch our movie. If you go through all the credits and you wait for the last production t- card to come up, you will hear Gilbert Gottfried say, Alexa, what is a skeptic? <laughs> uh, Emery, I can I can do you one better. I could I could just play it for you. Alexa, define the word skeptic. There you go. That is precisely right. I was really happy that he said yes to that, and uh, uh, and I was really uh, honored. He's he's lo- he was lovely. He's lovely. I, I love Gilbert Godfrey. I'm having trouble speaking about him in the past tense because to me. Gilbert can't die. Gilbert will be alive for the rest of his life. Forgive me for doing this. Give me one second to take no. a moment here. And yeah, go. absolutely. Alexa, shut up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert's voice. And so, uh, yeah, I love Gilbert. I've known him uh, since the Aristocrats. I met him at one of the screenings. I wasn't at the taping that we did of him. I had missed that taping, but uh, uh, I knew him. I knew him well. I loved him. I don't have a lot of stories about him because I can't tell them the stories I have for Gilbert Godfrey die with me and his friends. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that guys. The movie it's called a uh, science friction. It's available now on Tubi uh, or Amazon prime. Uh, it's a uh, science friction TV for uh, all the links and stuff for that. Uh, Emery is, is cool talking to you, man. We should do it again sometime. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and be on the lookout for that DVD cut uh, where it's all bullshit. When, uh, Emery decides he can finally go back to it and edit it all to make people sound like they're dipshits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emery. Thanks, Emery. All right, guys. Hey, Jerry, he's a nice guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, what the, the issue with the phone was, but... Uh... 
I don't know either. You know, like, uh, you know, whatever. What it's uh, do? it's their current technology, right? Like, uh, it connects us all, but sometimes it's frustrating. Uh, drunk, let me ask you a question. You got a pick of the week? Something I you want do. the people to know this about? Drunk's pick of the week. It comes in an orange can. It's the new summer edition Red Bull, and it is strawberry apricot. And I gotta say, it's the best flavor Red Bull I've ever had. Wow. Oof, that's a strong statement, does buddy. It, does it give you wings, drunk? It, it does. Gives you wings? It does give you wings. Travis, pick of the week. Pick of the week Travis's yeah. pick of the week this week is uh, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, the wild and true story of Mad Max Fury Road, a uh, book by Kyle Buchanan. It is a, uh, uh, a oral history of the 20-year making of uh, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, discussions with the cast, the crew, the stunt people, the director. Uh, it is an amazing story how that movie that, you know, I believe is now at this point pretty well beloved, um, how it took so long to make and and, and I guess rightfully so um, <clears throat> couldn't have come out at a better time just based on all of the resources and things that were available to the filmmakers. It was, it was an amazing ride reading that, uh, the start, the stops and starts, um, the fact that they weren't uh, allowed to film the ending to that movie. And then once a new uh, studio president came in, they were like, Hey, there's no ending to this movie. You need to go film it. Uh, it is, it's, it's a crazy story of behind the scenes, Hollywood, um, blood, sweat, and chrome. Uh, Travis, I've, I've recently gotten into a new podcast. It's called uh, Knowledge Fight. Uh, and what it is is these two guys who uh, listen to Alex Jones. And they, like, nitpick everything he talks about. And they, like, find the news stories that he's referencing and, like, actually read them. <laughs> <laughs> and then say, yeah, no, he just read the headline on this. What he says isn't true. And, and the, like, it, it's it's really interesting. Uh, just like how they they like completely like pick apart every aspect of Alex Jones. And, uh, you know, you know, he's doing depositions now for all the uh, the uh, which which school did he say was fake? Was Ugh. that? One of Sandy the schools, yeah, Sandy Hook. Yeah, he said Sandy Hook was fake, and he's doing depositions for that. And then you know they he, they go through all that. It, it's it's interesting. It's called Knowledge Fight. They have the greatest theme song in the history of podcasting, Travis. Uh, if anything, listen to the first minute and a half to hear the fucking incredibly edited theme song. Uh, you know, just as as a producer man myself, like you know, I I uh, I marvel at that uh and we then the rest to, of the show uh, is just a contact them and uh have them figure who figure out who edited their theme song and uh have them make one for us yeah maybe i mean i'm not I, I, the, the, the title is genius by the way when you first said it i didn't get it but then uh when you said what it was about um very funny title yeah. for that podcast it's interesting so guys we did it uh thanks to uh emory emory by the way the documentary is fucking great uh you know, so sometimes, sometimes I fib you guys a bit, you know, because we want the guests to like us. Not fibbing <laughs> you this time. That fucking documentary is great. It's an hour twenty six, Travis. It's a quick watch. Uh, it's really interesting. So uh, that I mean, you know, if you haven't seen the fucking aristocrats yet, 
check that out. What the he- what the hell are you doing if you haven't seen the aristocrats? Yeah, the guy faked being in a wheelchair for two years, Joe. That's a long time. Two years. <laughs> two fucking years. I'm Dildan. listening to this installment of WFOD, please subscribe and leave positive reviews on your preferred podcast player. Share the episode on social media or with one of your in-real-life friends. For links to our ever-expanding universe, including our Discord, our Twitch, and YouTube channels, and our library of back episodes, visit us at WFODshow.com. Thanks to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the music used in this podcast. Thanks to our Patreon sponsors, Amanda, Valerie, Brian, and Liquid. Visit patreon.com slash WFODix to help support the show. Leave us a voicemail at 636-487-4263. Email us, Mike or Travis, at WFODix.com, or reach out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. No, he's muted. I see him. He he's muted. He muted himself. Yeah, now you're unmuted. Yeah. I, admit that you made a terrible mistake, Travis. Uh the, the only thing I said while I was muted was you said it was a little bit early and I said, "Is it?" Are you saying if you're not early, you're late? If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. Uh I'm drunk. <sighs> Junk, are you doing okay, man? I'm doing all right. Are you, are you checking the uh, the blues score? You, you, it does stop for another four minutes. Probably that. You should turn your microphone back on, buddy. Oh, did that, I? That's I didn't. Mic thing, not me. Oh shit! I called Travis out, <laughs> and then I fucked up. That was Mike. <laughs> Go ahead and admit you fucked up, buddy. Uh, yeah. I did. I fucked up. I fucked. I'm sorry, guys. The game doesn't start for another four minutes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's over. Well.